Hi, my name is Mary Cruz, and welcome to I'm So Glad You Asked. Every woman has a story, and I want to hear yours. I am so happy to introduce my guest for today's episode, my friend Katie Watts. I met Katie a few years ago through our wonderful friend Colleen. As we got to know each other, Katie and I discovered our mutual love of service, purpose, and giving back. I was fortunate to work with Katie in 2022 and see firsthand this powerhouse of a woman and how she shows up in this world. Welcome, Katie. Thank you for being here. Hey, Mary. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, if you want to say anything else or introduce yourself, or we could just jump into the story or the stories of what you really feel has shaped you. And I know we talked a little bit about it before, so start wherever you want. It's so hard to know where to start. Yeah. The middle of the story, you know, is like the best part, I think. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Well, let me, let me, let me pose a question at you. Cause when we met to talk about this, um, in your life where you are right now, you're 40, correct? Yes. Okay. So it's like 40s are great. They are. I think I'm new to it, but <laughs> I, I think I'm happy I truly mean this. I think it only gets better. Like our fifties will be great and our sixties will be great. But forties, I almost feel it's like we've been prepping for it and this is when we get to live. Yes. But when we met, you had talked about um, a particular job <laughs> that really shaped who you are. And it, it, it and it's not as obvious as you would think, but the synchronicities, which is the word you used and the connections and you just really being aware is what really shaped you. Right. And we can start there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the job we were talking about was at Caribou Coffee, which around here in Illinois doesn't exist anymore. I know. Well, there's one in DeKalb in the grocery store still. Is there? Yeah. That's great. I know. But um, otherwise there's a few in Minnesota, but at the time Caribou was really growing in the Chicago market and what, so let's, um, for a little context, like how long ago was this? What year? 2000. So, okay, great. So, and that's kind of an interesting, it's really about the time in my life. I think there were several things happening at the same time, mm -hmm. um, or around this time. So I graduated high school in 2000 and I started working at Caribou Coffee, but how did you get the job at Caribou? I had already been working in coffee. Like my, really? yes, okay. my dad is this major coffee lover. And my first job, coffee job was at Gloria Jean's coffee in the mall. <gasps> yep. I, I used to work um, in high school at the mall. You did? At the body shop. Yes. And Gloria Jean's was next door. And I used to go, I mean, I, yeah, I used to go all the time and get like a vanilla bean, like vanilla bean, not it's not a frappuccino, but you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, that was my first exposure too. My dad would get these coupons in the mail for oh, yeah. like, I don't know, however many dollars off of beans. And then also one of those frozen drinks yep. and he would take me and we'd, I'd be like buzzing, you know, cause I was quite young when he was first <laughs> taking me. <laughs> yeah, right. And, um, but it was fun. It was a fun little thing that we did together. And then that was, yeah, that was one of my first jobs. I think he, in fact, brought home the job application for me to fill out. You know, that was in the time before oh, yeah. <laughs> digital. Absolutely. Where you had to fill out the paper application. So, um, so I had already been working and, and also speaking to my parents, you know, I think as far as like things that shaped me, they were really hard workers, both of them, mm -hmm. and really instilled this sense of like, um, financial independence and mm. hard work in me. Yeah. And during high school, 
I knew, and my brothers knew, We there's three of us. I have an older brother, myself, and a younger brother. And we knew there was a limited amount of college funds for each of us. Mm-hmm. And so like for four years, right? You know, a certain amount for each. Oh, absolutely. For yeah. four years. <clears throat> and when I was in high school, I'm such a planner. Are you? I, yeah. I okay. had planned like my whole life oh, that's... at that time um, based on knowing, knowing this. And also, so this is another strange part of my story at the time is that I didn't, it didn't dawn on me that I could take out loans for college, which is sort of, that's, that's probably good. <laughs> I know. I know. It's probably good, but I know what you mean. Like it I didn't know. occur, it didn't it occur good, to you. Right? Yeah. It, 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 and it totally shaped my whole life. <laughs> so yeah. all of this time period, but I had friends that were clearly taking loans for college. Right. And I, I just thought if I didn't have the money, I couldn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the money that my parents had set aside wasn't going to be enough to cover it. And I was also working at a hair salon in high school and I loved doing hair. I did everyone's hair all the time, like for um, prom and homecoming and all the fancy dances. I'd have like, you know, three or four girls in my room doing their hair. And I was always last. So my hair was always like, Wait, do you still up. do hair? No. Okay. I was going to, but I, yeah, it's so strange. I was convinced I was going to be a hairstylist and I would dream these updos in the middle of the night and wake up and be like, oh, I have the best idea for you for oh prom. Gosh. And so I had just like, you know, a line of girls, you know, each dance. I wish I had gone to high school with you. That's incredible. It was really fun. And so my plan was to go to beauty school after high school with um, some of the money that my parents had set aside and then put myself through business school okay. to open my own salon with an attached coffee shop. I even designed the logos and had the names. And this was my, I had my whole oh, life Katie, planned. This is great. Mary, I know the whole, my whole life was planned at 16, you know? And, and so I graduated high school and I started beauty school and I was working at Caribou just part-time for uh, money, of course. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, um, so I'd go to school all day. Beauty school was nine to five. And then I'd work at Caribou like six to 11, you know, in the evenings. And I really loved Caribou. I loved everything about it. But um, beauty school, <laughs> I'm a beauty school dropout. Yes, you can sing. The <laughs> beauty school dropout. <laughs> um, so we you know it's, I just, I want inter- to interject for a second. Having gotten to know you the last couple of years, like finding this out is a total shock, but in a good way, <laughs> like in a good way, because you never know the stories people have, right? Like this is, this was a total shock to me. I never thought you'd be like, oh yeah, I went to beauty school. So yeah, most people, it was and not a, that, that that's not to say that. Oh, I don't sh- take offense to it. You at know all. what I mean? I'm so yeah, I, I know it's, I'm a far cry from beauty school today, but um, yeah, it's so funny that again, the way our life takes us, and, oh gosh, the story about me dropping out of beauty school. Oh, I'd love to hear that. I had always wanted to fly planes. And I, so I knew I wasn't happy in beauty school. So and you it, graduate in 2000, you're working at Caribou, you, you enroll in beauty school. <laughs> and how long were you there at, until you realized, I don't know if this is for me? Three months. That's a good, okay. That's a good, you gave it a good salad three months. Yeah. And I had great friends in beauty school. So this I call like my mini early midlife crisis because I, everything felt off. All of my okay. friends, my closest friends, the ones I had grown up with had, were away at school. Um, 
And I just, I felt sort of adrift. My parents were moving to Florida and. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. I just felt like, and, and beauty school was not what I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. as far as fulfilling. I was sure. kind of bored. And that surprised me because again, I was having like dreams of doing hair in yeah. high school. And, and then I realized I, the money that I had spent on beauty school was that even though I wasn't even close to finishing, cause it's like, you know, nine or so more months, I, um, the money is gone, right? Like I, oh, I, yeah. so, so then I'm facing this reality that a huge chunk of my funds for schooling and my plans were very much upended if I was yeah. going to leave beauty school. And I started thinking about the air force because I love to fly planes. Right. Well, okay. So <laughs> something I'm noticing, which I really appreciate, and I would say like to have that at 18 is incredible. Um, it sounds like you listen to yourself. Yeah, I, I did. I really did. Do you know what I mean? Like you did like a check-in. Maybe we wouldn't have called it back then. Like right. I don't in with think yourself, I knew it was that. But you obviously took the time to, it wasn't working. It didn't feel right, you know, and it, yes. something was off and yes. you, and you listened to that. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We don't Gosh, look back and think really that. Really formative. Yeah. Yes. Very formative. Yes. I'm glad you highlighted that. Well, I just, I heard that and having gotten to know you and I think, I think we develop that obviously as we get older and we go through more experiences with different people and have conflict, we can develop that intuition. But I also think on the other hand, when we're younger, it's so, um, it's, it's more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When we have that intuition, it's so much more pure because we haven't been jaded or anything. So we just listen to it. Mm. That's how, I don't know. Right on. Yes. And but I then on the like, flip side at 40, you have this beautiful intuition too, yes. that's been shaped by so much. And is stronger today yep. than it was at that time. Cause I know, I know the voice differently today than I did then. Oh yeah. It's a different voice. I know it differently. I don't you know. I, it diff- oh yeah. I yeah. You know, it I don't think I really even knew. That's why listening to you reflect back to me, what you're hearing is like, oh yeah, that was that. But I mean, Katie, that takes time, a lot for, for someone to be 18 and you had this plan and then you left because you knew it wasn't right. I mean, that's a big yes. deal. I, I would commend, I commend 18 year old Katie for that. <laughs> well, I went to a recruiter on a Saturday. This is how it, my memory is. Oh, this it is might great. Be wrong. And by Monday I had dropped out of beauty school and my family <laughs> and my friends were like, what are you doing? Um, and I really, I was really convinced that's what I was going to do. Go with the Air Force. Yeah, because to me, it felt like, well, several things. I could fly planes. I wanted to see if I could make it through basic training, if I had what it took. And then um, I could pay for school, mm-hmm. you know? It, yeah. it, it, it like checked a few boxes there. But as thankfully, and I'm so grateful to the people that serve our country, you know, oh, yeah. I, it takes really special people. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thankful I didn't join because... Well, first and foremost, I really believe in nonviolent resistance, and that's yes. not really in line with the military's yep. that, way. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And also, I'm rebellious, and mm. that that probably wouldn't have gone over well. And and so, for my spirit and the person that I am, it wouldn't have been a good fit for me, right? Um, and so. Oh gosh, I, you know, as I'm recalling this time, I 
I had friends that were at Illinois State University. And so I went to visit them mm -hmm. during cheerleading tryouts. And I was a cheerleader in high school. So I thought, you know, I think... I think I could go to school here. I should just try out for cheerleading. <laughs> I love you, Katie. Yeah, I really do. What in the world? I, I, I mean, I'm telling you, like a midlife crisis. I didn't stay for the whole tryouts because I, I was having trouble seeing myself really there. Yeah. I made it through the first half of tryouts, like the first day and, you know, into the next round or whatever. And then I realized this is not for me at all. Listening to yourself again. Yes, exactly. No, I'm really, I, I, I know because you're in it and you're talking yes. about it right now, but from someone who's yes. not in it, I'm picturing 100%. This. I, yes. And I arrived back to my job at Caribou and, um, my back, boss. And it was, where was Caribou? It was in, it was Naperville. It was in Naperville, Illinois. Okay. Uh -huh. And my boss's name was Clark. And he, he was talking to me and he said, you know, Katie, it seems like you're just a little lost or, you know, <laughs> you've had several big life changes here in a short amount of time or, you know, things you're thinking about doing. There's this manager training program. And, um, it's, you'd be a really good fit if you're interested, you know? And so I gave it a little bit of thought and I, I did it. I said, yeah, let's go. But I was so young and inexperienced with store manager responsibilities, mm -hmm. you know? And I went into this training program and they sent me, like the district manager gave me all these tests, you know, in training, really like a training ground, I guess, yeah. all over the Chicagoland market. So he would assign me with like a problem in a store and say, this is what's going on here. And we'd like you to go in and find a way to fix it. Like, wow. Yeah. Like supplies ordering, for example, was out of control within the budget, you know, like, so you need to go in and figure out how to get the budget, the, the ordering back in line with the budget. Wow. Or, um, a team, you know, I, I, there was a lot of conflict in a particular group of staff help the manager, you know, figure out how to get oh them back gosh. to being a team or, you know, whatever, whatever the problems were, I was just assigned these things. And it was intimidating for some, in some ways, because right. I, I was going into an environment where there was already a manager mm -hmm. and I was expected to bring change. And that's really scary. You know, at the, at the same time, I learned so much. It was this just. Do you remember like how you felt when they asked you to do this? Yeah, I, I felt really energized okay. and inspired and just um, really excited. I loved Caribou. I mean, I loved it. I, so that when I started at Caribou, the, the original owners still owned Caribou. Okay. It eventually was sold. And they were this couple. And when they would come visit the store, they'd work behind the counter. Uh -huh. And I just remember thinking that was amazing that these, mm -hmm. they would come just like work like me. And because they probably loved it like you. Yeah. I would assume that's why they started it. Yeah. And I loved the product and I loved the people I worked with and I loved the customers I just all around. And then I learned so much about leadership and about growing a team and about, um, what was managing your favorite a budget? Drink? I black coffee. Like okay, same. always, yeah. Americano, yeah. And we would like roast beans. I mean, I was so dorky. Also, I Sandy, one of the people I worked with. Um, her name was I probably shouldn't say her last name, you know, but um, she she was so like geeky, over the top about coffee and caribou. I I 
her and Jeannie, this other person that I worked with too, in this first store at Naperville with Clark. And, um, it's like, you guys were cool before it was cool. You know what I mean? Because yes. I feel like it's in the last couple of exactly. years, it's exploded. Right. This was well before hipster coffee yeah. and pour overs and all the things, but we would, Sandy, especially I remember had such a strong love of coffee and she would just do these coffee talks and we'd sip coffee and we'd do it with customers. I mean, we did oh, a coffee cool. talk every single shift as part of our, our staff. And then we would involve the customers and then customers would learn all this stuff. And it was just this great team building and bonding and community. It just felt so good. Um, yeah. And like the people I worked with at that store, you know, I just, we just, we just bonded. We just, at that first store that I was in. And then when I was at all these other stores, I really learned the power of connection too Mm. and building strong relationships in a short amount of time. And I think part of what, what made me successful and not totally fall on my face, Mm -hmm. like perhaps now as a 40 year old person, I might fall on my face in that kind of situation. I think cause I was so young and green and so passionate that I was able to show up humble, Mm. but really courageous. And I think that combination allowed me to be successful in this. Like and, a sponge. And yeah, and and collaborative. You know, yeah. I was working with other people and like, hey, what's going on here? You know, and listening and observing and paying attention. And and so the work was happening, but it wasn't like I set out to bring change. Yeah. Even though that's what I was like technically behind the scenes tasked to do. And then eventually I was able to open my own caribou coffee in Bartlett. So after how long? So you were in this manager training. I think maybe like a year. So okay. I'm so, not sure. So I was 19 when I opened my own store. So I would I would love to ask. You had like in the beginning after graduating in high school, you had like just a couple of so you went to beauty school and then you went to cheerleading tryouts. You know, and you had these like all these <laughs> No, I'm not laughing. Katie, I know we've talked about it, like how I am in terms of just like work. And I, and I'm so grateful. Like I, I actually really do enjoy my job, but how I would get so itchy after certain times. Cause I just get itchy and I'm like, I have to do something different. And well, you see opportunity and you say, yes, I know it's yes. I get itchy. That's the only thing thing I could say, but like for you it's so then what I'm hearing is then when Clark saw that in you and then asked you, and you did it for a year did within that year, do you ever remember feeling times of itchiness? You know what I mean? No, no. Okay, no, that's really cool. I was so committed to Caribou. And so by the time I opened my own store, I, again, was like, quote unquote, drinking the Kool-Aid, as they say, drinking the coffee. You know, I was just so, <laughs> um, I was, I just, I loved everything about Caribou. And I, 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 I my identity was, was tied up in Caribou, which wasn't good um, for me. And then, you know, it's not sustainable to stay in something like that, knowing now at the time. Right. Well, what does it mean to open your own store? So I was the manage store manager of, it was a brand new store. So my staff were training at five or six different caribous, like to spread the labor costs out. And, um, when we opened the store, it was like, they didn't know each other cause they hadn't really met. Where was the store? In Bartlett. Okay. Illinois. Oh, that's right. You said Bartlett. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. And so, um, when we got going, it took a while to build a team and and that was strong in my memory of these other stores that I'd worked in about the importance of having a team, especially for really fast, good customer service with high quality, you mm-hmm. really need teamwork to be able to make that oh, go well. Um, and one of my customers 
was this man named John who worked down the road at Sunrise Lake Outdoor Center. And he was- With Sunrise Outdoor- Sunrise Lake. Sunrise Lake, okay. Outdoor Education Center. And he was a customer of mine, but the reason I noticed him is that he would come in and clown, like he was a clown in another life. And he would do these clown tricks and- he just, he was very unusual and we became friends, <clears throat> friendly, I should say, as first as, a, you know, he was just my customer. And then as I learned what he did, this um, outdoor education center is a primarily for kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. It's own, but it, they also, they work with all open? kids. Oh yeah. It's still I fun. ended up teaching there. So this is part of like, oh, my, I love this. Okay, great. Yeah. So, um, so John and I became friends and because I had volunteered in high school, working with kids with special needs, teaching them to ride horses. And so we connected over this. And again, so this connection, this way of connecting and paying attention to those relationships, like, you know, or Clark paying attention to that in me making a suggestion and then, wow, this, this really could be good for me. You know, noticing the opportunities that are presenting, the people that are presenting and building connection. You know, I think synchronicity and the way that we meet people or the opportunities that present themselves, if we don't build on it, it doesn't become anything, but Mm. paying attention and then like leaning into it, right. is what my language now is. But at that time, I just really was really open to so much new, you know, anything new, new experiences, like I learned Qigong, um, which is an Eastern medicine. Oh, that's incredible. Technique with my mom, like on a weekend, at, you know, around the same time. And that was really good for me to practice. Do you know what this reminds me of? Mm-hmm. I just want to say, um, so have you ever heard in improv the, the, the term yes and? Yes. Okay. So yes. when you're saying this, <laughs> yes, yes. Because that leaves you. So when in totally. improv, when you study improv and like the basis of it is in a situation you don't ever want to put limitations on something. You want to say yes. And like, if you were to say to me, Mary, you know, hi, my name is like, you know, my name is Katie and I work at Caribou and, and like, here's a coffee. And I would just be like, yes. And tell me more. Like, cause you want to leave it open to all the possibilities and all the, you just don't want to be limited. So that's yes. what you're talking about. Like it reminds me of the yes. And like you, yes, you, yes. And your way through the first, like those first couple of years. Yes. And I have, I have a sense, which yeah. is beautiful. Well, and I have a friend actually that I was a teacher with Dave at sunrise who often says that every teacher should take improv classes because mm-hmm. that helps to expand the classroom, the ability to, for a teacher to respond to whatever's lobbed at you from a kid mm-hmm. and do yes. And mm-hmm. it's really it's very unexpected. Funny. I'm not very funny. You're funny. Oh, but no, you're funny, Katie. <laughs> but if you but can I mean, be funny I, mean, I wanted just to say that when you said that, okay, so, so back to you met John oh, yes. who's working at Sunrise. Yes. And so he, so I was really intrigued by the work there because I had this connection from my high school experience volunteering. And then as I learned more, he was also doing corporate team building and building training and team building for businesses. And so I yes and right, tell me more because my team here at Caribou could have really benefited from this thing you're talking about because they were so spread out. If I had been able to really engage them in team building in a um, deliberate way where I knew what I was doing at the start, I could have moved that along so much faster. And so I asked John to train me and I asked Caribou to pay him to train me 
in so I was like his apprentice, I That's guess. Amazing. Yeah. And which it was amazing. So he he just like sort of designed this program for me, you know, again, gave me different tasks where I would observe different people to learn how they facilitate mm-hmm. and hold a group and how to design and sequence team building and do it in a way that invites safety and it invites processing and how to process with a group so that Did they you say invite safety. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. And um, so I learned so much from him. And so, and with the intention of the reason I asked Caribou to pay him to train me in this is because I wanted to build a team building and training program for Caribou for oh, wow. exactly what I experienced. So, so I did. So John trained me and I, I facilitated all the new store openings in Chicago and Milwaukee markets for Caribou when I was 19 years old. And, and, you know, they paid John, but I didn't get paid. You didn't get paid? <laughs> no, I mean, I was being paid as a store manager. So I still okay. had to do all of my store manager duties. And I created this whole team million training program and ran it and still ran my stores. Which powerhouse, Katie, you are, you <laughs> well, are, I mean, the, I really mean this, but I say this powerhouse. Well, at the time I just felt so like you were asking how I felt before. I felt so energized and so engaged in the work that, um, I didn't even think about money. It was so valuable to me, the process of learning and developing and, and watching other people develop, because then I got to support these other managers in their having a strong opening, you know? And so I just, I learned so much about the, well, the power of facilitation to really solid facilitation skills in some really hard situations where I didn't know anyone and there were conflicts that I was unaware of. And I just walk into it and have to, yes. And right. Like totally, um, make almost magic out of something that started off really icky, yeah, you know, yeah. um, sometimes in these situations and then other times it was just so fun, but, um, yeah. And, and, and meanwhile, we're also doing like coffee classes and we would roast beans on the sidewalk, <laughs> you know, on like, sidewalk? yeah, like out front of our oh, caribou <laughs> over a fire with, you know, like demonstrating the whole process of roasting. We yep. would just do it over a fire and taste it. And it would always be terrible because of course we're not professional <laughs> roasters, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a really formative time for me. I learned so much about myself and about leadership and had, like, had you, do you think if you can go back, like, would you have thought that you probably pictured yourself in beauty school and then becoming a hairdresser, right? And then going to business school yes, and opening your own salon. Of course. And then <laughs> that like, was your, my plan. So your, your path at this point is so different. I know. And yeah, I, I think I still thought I might do that okay, or something along those lines. I could, the coffee shop, owning my own coffee shop was pretty, felt pretty likely because I was managing a coffee shop yeah. and, um, yeah, but actually the, my relationship and friendship with John caused me to realize like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That outdoor ed, I want to work with kids. I want to. I want to do this team building, training, development, and how do I work at sunrise? Like, how do I get from caribou to sunrise? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so John was like, well, you need to be a special ed teacher. Okay. That's what you need. Well, I was trying to go to school 
um, college at the same time as I was the store manager, but and running this whole Where team building going? training. Um, just Wabansi Community yep. College. Yeah. And I could I would sign up for classes. I'd often have to miss class because if somebody called in sick or there wasn't somebody that available. Was, yeah, that was on you. Yeah. And I was working probably 75 hours a week. Like it, just a very unsustainable. That's what I was saying. Oh my gosh. You know, in hindsight, I was so invested and so my identity was so wrapped up yes, I see in, what you're saying. in yeah. this that it was, it was unhealthy, but I didn't recognize that at the time. Mm -hmm. And then um, again, I had learned Qigong and the teachers that I learned Qigong from invited us to China to you study in China. Wow. Um, yeah. My mom did not go. Oh, not, oh, okay. But yeah. So, well, it just invited people who had learned with this instructor. That's incredible. Yeah. And my dad again comes into the picture because so my dad, um, he's one of those people that as much as he's like very hard worker and makes very strong financial decisions that also instill that in me, you know, he, I brought this up to him, this idea of going to China because I was going to have to spend my savings to go to mm, China yeah. and my savings were what I had to go to school with or yeah. to like, you know, continue down that road. And so I said to him, like, what do you think about this? And he's, he just so encouraged me to go. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I went and it was the coolest, most powerful experience that I'm still learning from in my life. You know, Chigong. Do you remember when it was? What year? 2004. 2004. So, so the timing of this is fascinating too. So I, it was a three week, it was an invitation for three weeks to, to various places in China, starting in Beijing doing like a Silk Road um, tour and then ending up in Shanghai and learning from 10 different masters of Chinese medicine Wow! in Beijing before this tour and then practicing Qigong along the way. And um, I, at Caribou, I had been there long enough that I just started getting three weeks vacation. Oh, that's great. Okay. So I asked my boss, can I take it all at once and go on this trip? And she said, yep. And, um, and I was so grateful. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they gave me a raise because I hadn't been making this because I knew nothing about negotiating salary or anything. Right. I was so very young when I became a store manager at 19 that I was the lowest in the entire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and she was trying to elevate me to be even. Oh, good, good, right? good. And so gave me a raise at the same time. And then I decided I needed to leave. After so you go on this trip. I didn't even go. I didn't even go yet. Oh, you didn't go yet. No, okay. I was so I I I then so I had asked for it in advance. You know, it was probably a few months before the trip was going to happen, and I booked my tickets from Chicago and everything. And then I realized I really wanted to go to school and finish, oh. go to college, and and get my degree. You yeah. know, and become a teacher and. I didn't want to work 75 hours a week, mm -hmm. you know, for the rest of my time. Right. And the only way I could see it working again, because I <laughs> spent my <laughs> savings on China and I didn't have any money left for school. So I had to earn and pay it as I went again, because I didn't understand I could take loans for school. Like still not. I still think that's great. Okay. <laughs> I really, I really mean that. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is a purpose to that. It's true. I know. And I'm grateful. I'm super grateful because I never had any loans, but um, so I decided my parents were living in Florida. I'll go live in Florida with my parents for free. Yep. And then all I have to do is pay for school and I can do that. Right. Yep. And so then it all started to line up and I, I had to like change my plane tickets and everything. Cause I was, 
I was not intending to leave Caribou. Mm. Um, but once, once a decision, this has also been a, a constant since that time in my life, I would say, once I know, I know. And it you just, know. it's like the decision makes itself and I can no longer stay. Yep. I mean, you know. Yes. 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 And I was so... Because I, I think this kind of goes along with what you're saying, but I, I, I go back to this um, phrase all the time. What you, what you resist persists. Mm. Yes. Meaning that like, it'll keep coming up, like it'll keep bubbling up. Yeah. Um, I guess if you allow it, sometimes we don't allow it, but I think if you're open to it, it will, if you keep resisting it, it's going to keep persisting. Yeah. So I love that you knew that you had to go. Yeah. And, and then I, yeah. And I went to China and what did they, do you remember how they, when you, when you said you were leaving where, how it went? Yeah, they were really surprised and supportive, I would That's say. Great. Okay, great. I'm glad that Disappointed, they were Disappointed, but yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always so hard. It's such a catch-22 because you do want people to grow and go. But of course, if you made such an impact, which it seems like you did, it is going to be sad. You know, you'd build yeah. all those relationships. Well, and by that time, I was managing a different store in Batavia. Like I had, okay, you know, I, and I had, op I had helped open all of these stores. I felt like it was really hard again to extract myself at the time. Like I'm describing it now, like, Oh, I just made the decision and that was it. But my identity was so wrapped up in myself as an employee of caribou and like a manager of caribou that, that I had to let go of, of that, that side of me. Mm -hmm. I had to let go of that self and really ask who am I going to be next and yeah. like go through oh, the process wow. of reinvention, you know, um, which, I've done a few times and I think, I think we, I think, uh, well, I will say this, the older I get, I think it's actually kind of a beautiful thing to, you know, reinvent or however you want to call it, like take off another layer, you yes. know, peel another layer of who you are, um, especially for women. I think that we are such beautiful, complex um, creatures that we, we do constantly have the opportunity to unpeel. Yeah. And I think, and however that means for somebody, you know what I mean? Yes. However that translates, like however you want to translate that, that um, it's not, it's actually kind of a really cool thing if you decide, you know, here, have you ever read Louise Hay? Yes. Okay. So another thing I always go back to is, um, and I hope I didn't interrupt you, but like this is, I was just thinking this, So I love her book, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm. And I've had that book since 2004. Um, and I, I don't think I quite understood it when I first got it. I think I understood it at a surface level, mm. but I um, keep it. The two places I it rotates. <laughs> don't please don't laugh. It rotates between my the side of my bed and the bathroom. Nice, and that's fine because that's you know that's that's just where it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> currently, it's beside my bed, and one of the things I um, read a lot in her book is how she talks about. I mean, she went through so much trauma in her life, but that at seventy years old is when she decided to become a dancer. Wow. Oh, I don't Did know you, any of this. Yeah. So she. To, to me, and like the bigger moral of the story is, is that, yes, I, I think in our society, right, everything is so defined by age and we have all these like milestones of what it should be and what you, where you should be. Yes. But for her, it was nothing about that at all. It was about at 70 is when it was her time to pursue being a dancer. Well, and how many things was or identities or 
roles or whatever did she play before that? You a million. Know? A, yeah. a, literally a million. And how like... I love that. Well, what I take away from it too, because, you know, I'm 44 and like there are days when I think like, oh man, like I, sh- I should, I, we should take that out of our vocabulary, right? The shoulds. Yep. The woulda, coulda, Don't shoulda. shit on yourself. Yep. Don't sh- <laughs> Oh, I love that. Don't shit on yourself. <laughs> I haven't heard that, Katie. I'm going to start using that. But I, I, I do like to remind myself that like at different stages, like just listening to your story, especially like at different stages, you're in those different stages for a true purpose and that, that it's neither good nor bad, right? It, that it is a purpose at that time. And that if you allow yourself to keep saying yes, and you will have these other purposes unearthed. Right. So thank you for letting me and interrupt. And the idea I of just, constant reinvention, right? That yeah. like, or choosing something different that we don't have to, just because we've created an identity that we yep. think we are, okay, there's so much more to me, right? Like, Oh, so much more. I'm trying to remember the quote um, and I'm going to botch it. That's so, I know it's funny too. Cause whenever I think of these, when I just said that, I was like, oh man, I really hope she really was a dancer <laughs> at 17. I mean, I'm going to, I will, I will fact check that. But like, I, I, that's, I think that's like in like the back of her book. What's the quote you're thinking of? The only part of it I can remember is I contain multitudes. You know what? After this, let me know and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed that I can't don't remember be, don't who don't. said it and what the rest of the quote is, but um, we'll find it and we'll put it in the show notes. But I've held on to that, that whatever the whole quote is. Do you know who said, who knew who yes, said it? Yes, I did at some point, but it's out of my brain at the moment. No, but it'll come back. It'll come back at like 3 a.m. <laughs> yes, and, that's and then I watch so you send it. Don't be embarrassed at all. Oh. No, actually, this will be a treat because um, when I do the show notes for this episode, mm-hmm. I will put that in there and Great. then people can physically see hey, it with their eyes. But, I like that. But okay, so continue. So you're reinventing. Yeah, so I think like the multitudes, right? That I'm not any one version of myself. No. Like I'm not just the person that worked at Caribou. I'm not just a teacher. I'm not just a mom. I'm not right. just a whatever. Right. Um, and I think, I think that's so valuable to reflect on now, thinking back at that time, because I had so many significant work experiences at a really young age before I had even finished college, before I had really even entered college. Yeah. And, um, and I had made meaning and and looked and paid attention to what was needed and and created value. Mm. And I served that like and I remember thinking when I was leaving that it was like so hard to leave and you know all these things and it was like well I looking back you know I gave so much. Yes. And it gave me so much and that's what a cool thing to that's a to, really cool thing. That's such I've an had, imprint. It is. And I've had other experiences like that. And again, like John, you know, meeting John at Caribou, John and I are still friends. I'm not married anymore, but when I was, he introduced me to my former husband. Um, he has been really significant in your life. Yeah. I mean, well, he's just that we connected and I mean, we had like a book club that we were a part of at that time, you know, and I think we don't pay attention all the time to the people And in these experiences, sometimes we think like, well, that's just a customer, right? Like that I was serving at Caribou, but sat a lot of them. I have other customers like that, that I really connected with and spent time with over years, you know, that could have been just a customer. But I think, um, 
I think there's a paradox there too, right? That some people stay in our lives for a long period of time and then other people move on and some similar to jobs, you a know, a reason, a season and a purpose, right? Is a lifetime, a lifetime. Thank you. A reason, yeah. a season and a lifetime. Right. Right. It's really fascinating. So yeah. Well, and speaking of China, so, so I'm in China, this is in 2004. And do you remember what month? It was in the summer. In the summer of 2000. I think August. Okay. And what a beautiful country. Whoa. I've never been. Oh my goodness. I loved China. So, and so many different cultures and languages. And incredible. I just, the topography, right? So many different places because, and I was so fortunate to be able to travel to all these places. I had no money though. I I think I told you, like it was my savings. And then I had $100, maybe $150 the whole three weeks. That's all I had for spending. So the cost is great as far as um, the American dollar to the Chinese yuan, but um, but I, you know, as far as like souvenirs and that kind of thing, like I really had such just very limited funds to spend, but boy, did I have a great time. And mm. I was with these amazing people. And so that was in 2004 and it's now 2023. Wow. And I was just in Seattle this last summer passing through. And one of the people that I knew from China, her name's Carolyn. I got to, she lives in Seattle and I, we met in China, spent those three weeks together, have stayed in touch sporadically here and there, like not, not intensely, but we were really connect. We really connected Had a great connection in China. And I was with her in Seattle just this past year. I haven't seen her since China. And it was like, that's incredible. I know it was like no time had passed. And what a, what a cool thing, you know? Do you feel like, I know you said that, that you still learn from that trip to China. Um, what, what do you, if there's a word you could describe that you came home with from that trip, what would it be? Energy. Energy. Yeah. I mean, Qigong, you know, another word, that's kind of an easy one. She, another word for that is energy. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was all about energy. But was practice. it a new energy? Yes. Because you had just left Caribou. Yes. And I think this, um, so that was monumental for me going to China. It was a a huge, that sounds like such a once in a lifetime opportunity, um, to go. Yes. And I think like the contrast that we're highlighting, you know, that, that was major and the things I learned and things I saw in China um, because we were studying, you know, with Chinese masters of Chinese medicine, you mm-hmm. know, that concepts that are really not common here in the West. And is it traditional Chinese medicine? Yes. Okay. So, okay. But, um, so a lot of people know about herbs and that kind of thing, but the things we were learning, it's hard for me to explain really but it was so outside of anything that I had given possibility to, Mm -hmm. you know, um, for healing and for a sense of spirituality and all these different concepts that were really new to me that I was, because my whole worldview expanded. Oh, I can imagine. I know with just learning a little bit about traditional Chinese medicine through Mm -hmm. Jenna and, um, 
I know like the concepts are completely like different than what we learned growing up through with Western medicine and like the whole body, like the whole spirit, right? Like, yeah. And the energy body, the energy, you know, the and energy body and like how to shift energy. Um, yeah. and like this, I, I just know for me, what I've learned a lot about is like the spleen and like dampness in your body and like, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. There's, and there's so much, right. And there's different different, um, even Qigong, there's so many different forms of Qigong. And so, um, the, oh, what I was saying is like that experience was so big for me. So expansive to my understanding of the world of what's possible Mm -hmm. of, um, cultural understanding beyond my growing up, you know, it was just really expansive for me. And, and yet so similar to like the day-to-day of the caribou coffee with connecting with people. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I, I got to connect with these people that I've never seen again, you know, like Carolyn is the one person that I saw again, but there was a lot of people we connected with that I'd never saw again. I find it interesting that you saw her this past year. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that I feel like that means something. Maybe like the more expansiveness is coming your way. Oh, I love that. You know? Well, and isn't that the truth that I do think there's something interesting about twenties and thirties. Like you're talking mm-hmm. about the forties being this special time. Oh, and I mean, I feel like twenties are absolutely, they're formative. You know, your thirties are formative in different ways. Your forties are like it's it, yes they're all different yeah but now that we're talking you know I'm having this awareness that at that time expansion was me you know I was really living into expansion okay my mind my world my experiences my understanding of of what life could be and is and and then I think there's something that that there's almost a shrinking that happens mm-hmm. as we get into like quote unquote career time and oh yeah absolutely marriage and kids and um, to, um, house if you choose to buy a house or you know kind of like that that formula that it is a formula and it's not very expansive it is not expensive <laughs> it's like um I don't know if I'm using this correctly but this is something I see a lot of lately is uh, making yourself small to fit. Now that can be for a lot of things. Ooh, I see mm. your face. Did that hit a note? Yes. Okay. I'm not really ready to talk about it, but um, next time. Yeah. But no, yes, I, I, I mean, I've done it too small. small to fit. I hope that's okay. I said yeah, that. Did that hit course. a nerve? Okay. Yeah. I, I think, um, and yeah, you said you've done it too. I think, I think we've made like ourselves to small to fit. Well, or for someone else to feel big is oh, what I've done else. too a lot mm-hmm. in my life. And, and yes, I've made myself small. And I think sometimes we're um, in society, the mm-hmm. norms, you know, the unwritten norms and rules and expectations of of what you should be doing Absolutely. at different stages of your yep. life force that, you know, a little bit Absolutely. if you're trying to be in line with that. Conform. I will say this though. Whoa. I do. I know. I, I, I I'm not word. just saying this to be optimistic. I genuinely see a shift. Yeah. I see a shift lately um, where there's more of a focus on balance for people. Yeah, um, definitely balance and and um, 
you don't, so before everything was so, you know, you had to get it done in your nine to five, right? And you had to get it done in your nine to five. Well, now it's like such a balance of life where when you do get it done and you get it done, you get it done on your time. I'm just mm. talking in terms of jobs, but like I see a shift. Interesting. Um, I also think it's our shift in perception as well. You know, what are we putting our energy into? What are, you know, and like, what are we drawing energy from? Yes. Yeah. I've lately in the last couple of weeks, I've been setting an intention to find awe in my days <gasps> because I was finding, yeah, I was finding that I just was feeling rather blah or yeah. something, you know, and there was a heaviness going around. Yeah. There well, the world's heavy. Yeah. Really. There's a lot of heavy, hard things. There's a lot of hard things that are close too. you, Do know? you consider yourself an empath. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I'm very, very empathetic. And it's so you, that's why you're, I would assume I, cause I'm, I would consider myself an empath. Um, and sometimes you feel when you don't know why you're feeling it. And I think that's, that is definitely you picking up on other people or the world or just the sadness mm. that's going around. Yeah. And so I think paying attention to where you can find awe, you know, even that, in little things like, like I, you know, even driving over here today, the, mm. the, I was driving over the bridge. Oh, over, I love that bridge. The, yeah, yes. bridge. Yeah. And the, it was quite cloudy because it had been raining and and yet there was this break in the clouds and the sun shining through. And then there were these very vivid red and yellow trees below it that just looked like they were on fire, you know? Yes. And it was such, I wanted to pull over and take a pit photo, but there was no safe place to do that. So, and there were people coming quickly. So I didn't, but I said to myself, here's your awe just, and so similar to like the, thinking about taking a photo, how do I just savor the moment and really take it in the senses and, mm celebrate that. Um, well, I feel like a, a theme I'm hearing from just talking to you for in this um, conversation is you genuinely feel. Mm. So when you said that about the senses, yes, instead of stopping, taking a picture, like, how do I feel it? Like, how do I sense it? Yeah. And the savoring, you know, and there's research that supports this, you know, idea of building emotional resilience, you know, to savor these moments mm -hmm. that um, it's like a bank account, you know, sort of thing of good experiences to then weather the times that are harder or like mm. feel heavier. Um, but beyond just like the science of it, I think too, it's just really, um, feels good. You know, well, so we're humans. Yeah. We are, <laughs> I've said this now on two episodes. I'll say it again. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Oh, yes. I love when you say that. Yes, it's true. But I think it's a good reminder. I think I'm going to take your, if you don't mind, like the awe and of course, try and find please. that too, because <laughs> if I do have, there, if I am, you know, you know, we ought like intentional practices, right? Yeah. I always try and have an intentional practice. I have not been great about it, to be very honest with you. And I notice when I'm not great with it, right? Because then yes. the day just kind of happens Yeah, and it's not intentional. But when I do have an intentional practice, one of the first things I say in the morning, um, whether it be when I'm getting out of bed or I'm in the shower or before I like really start my day is I open up my hands with, you know, because that's, that's um, symbolic, right? When mm -hmm. your hands are open. And I always say, I am open to all the good and miracles that this day has to offer mm. because it's expansive. I like to think, but, and I don't, but I don't say it in a way that's, you know, like money's going to show up on my doorstep. That's not how I think, but it's, it's energy, it's energy, right? It's mm -hmm. energy. It's spiritual. It's, 
you are open. Like you are telling the universe, like I, I I'm symbolically open. So yeah, the intention setting is powerful. And I'm trying to be better about that, but now you've inspired me with the awe to do that, to get back. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. And people talk about, you know, gratitude. There's mm-hmm. research about journal, oh, yeah. journaling, the gratitude, gratitude being grateful, journal, yep. journals and that kind of thing. I journal every day, you know, I have those practices and um, yeah, and that's good too. Um, Saying yes is good. Yeah. And paying attention. And paying attention. You know, I think that's the thing about the eye is really when I was younger, I paid attention to everything all the time. And And to the people that I met as, um, as really just so present, you know, I was just so present with everyone I met. And so I think that built all these solid connections throughout my life. Not that they've all continued, but, but it, it allowed me to be open to synchronicity and then so you, so you When's see your birthday? connections, right? Your birthday January 12th. That makes sense. Oh yeah. Because I feel like you were born at the beginning of the year, at the beginning, you were born at the beginning, mm. beginning, fresh, mm. new. I do love beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love new. I love the fresh garden. And I, I also yeah. love that you said synchronicities. That is something I believe very much in. Me too. Yes. And I, I think it brings a lot of, value and, you know, connection again, like these different people that I've known that I end up, you know, back in connection with again, you Mm -hmm. know, it's fascinating how that happens. And like, you're talking about, there must be something about the timing. That's very interesting to me. Cause I think sometimes I think this, I said this before too, but I believe like time folds. Mm. So it's almost like time didn't like, there was this point of time, Carolyn, right? Yep. You went to China and Carolyn was on your trip, but then it, it, it folds again to meet you right where you are here for some reason. Yes. Um, I know I totally got off topic. I'm sorry. I, that, I could just talk to you for hours, Katie, but I, w- I do want to pick up. Okay. So you get back from China, you go to Florida. Yep. I was in Florida. Oh goodness. Yes. And I took a job in Florida. <laughs> oh, because my intention of living in Florida was to go to school. <laughs> Bless you. you. Oh. Thank you. My intention of living in Florida was to go to school, um, but school is quite expensive when you're out of state. So that said, okay, you know, so best laid plans. I think that's another interesting thing, right? Like I make all these plans. I should pay attention to this part Ooh, of the plans. story. Okay. Cause yep. I make all these plans and they don't work out. <laughs> right. Like I have planned my life and the, oh, multiple times interesting, and it doesn't work the way I plan. That is like a soul lesson, I think, for me in, in life. Um, here's a side note. This, yeah. is, this is like a silly story. I love silly about, stories. About my lessons, because this has come up for me throughout my life, this idea of planning over planning. I was in New Mexico on this. See, here's another synchronicity. Oh, New Mexico. I love it. I've New heard Mexico. that it's very like sacred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very sacred. Oh yeah. Before I became a teacher, I mean, I was, I had just finished my student teaching and I was, um, you know, starting my job. So it was in the summer and a friend told me about this presence walkabout that somebody was leading and I, and they were doing a special discount and I, for students, 
And that's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It's the only way I could have gone. Again, like money also seems to be (laughs) a constant thing, but um, but abundance, right? Like there's abundant opportunities. There's abundant opportunities. You know, and we can't do everything, but we can do some special things. But we also don't want to do everything. No, I don't. And I want to point that out there too. Like I I can't remember, I think I said this to a friend the other day too. Um, I want to word this correctly, but you shouldn't every you shouldn't have things handed to you. You know, you, there should be times in life. Like I, I think I was saying to her, you know, you know, when Mike and I get married, we were, we didn't make before we got married when we were living together. Like we didn't make a lot of money. You know what I mean? But that taught us a lot. Oh my gosh, yeah, it teaches you a lot. Yeah, like, you don't need everything. So right. even now, I appreciate like we don't need things, but you, there should be times when not everything is handed to you or things are not easy because you do need to learn adversity. And oh, you for need, sure. Yeah, you, you know so. Um, so I, I think it's great, but I love that you get to go on a walkabout and I've heard that before and I don't necessarily know what that means though. So it comes out of the Australian Aboriginal, they, the Aboriginal people would walk, go on walkabout. It's like a spiritual process. Okay. I don't, I don't know enough to really speak to the cultural significance in Australia, but, um, but this person, um, Glenna is her name that led this presence walkabout in New Mexico, she's really connected with Native American teachings and has um, studies with elders and that kind of thing. So it could also be connected some way with, um, you know, um, Native Americans yeah. um, in the United States, but I, I don't know. But this was the name of this. So this essentially was a was walking in um, connection with the land in New Mexico. Mm. Oh, so wow. she intentionally okay. designed this experience to build connection with yourself in the land while, while also in community, there was just a few of us, but, um, so it was a lot of time alone and I was camping on their land. They have um, this amazing land out in New Mexico. I just, I need to go back, but, oh, I have so many stories now that I'm remembering. <laughs> well, Katie, this, this, I would love, I want you to know that this is an ongoing conversation that you and I are having. And you, I, I if this you, is like way if you, track. If, no, it's not, not at all. It's going to, you know what? We can plan one thing but it's always going to take the course it needs to take. Here it is. So this it, is the lesson. This is the lesson. But I would say, um, I'd love for you to come back. So continue. Oh, yes. I'd love to come back. It's, an, it's ongoing conversation with women. Continue. So I'm going to tell two stories about this time when I was in New Mexico. So I was camping on their land by myself. And it was one of my first times camping alone since I've done quite a bit of camping alone. But um, I felt very brave. Mm-hmm. And in New Mexico, in monsoon season is a really energetically powerful time to be there. And the wind was really powerful at night and it would be blowing through the arroyos, these um, like in between the, um, not quite mountains, but like- I, can, I know what you're, I can, hills. I can, yeah. And, and it would just, it just sounded like it was going to tear my tent and myself and everything away, right? It was so oh, powerful. Wow. <clears throat> and I was camping under a cottonwood tree and I um, was, you know, saying these prayers like, to be cared for, right? Yeah. And sending like um, energy and some of this energy practice um, that I learned in China and wrapping myself in love and light and doing these various things to calm myself um, while I was trying to sleep because I was afraid. Oh, I can imagine. And I dreamed of this cottonwood holding me mm. in its arms, like this beautiful dream that I had. And I felt so safe and so secure and so grateful. So that's, that was one little story, but, um, they so, do say in your, um, like when we dream, 
we do go to another plane. Yes. So I could, I, I almost wonder, yes. So that I almost think on some level that did happen. I'm it, it, like it spiritually, like you know what totally I mean? Like felt like it did <laughs> spiritually happen. Like, because we go to yes. a different plane. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It was amazing. And, um, and it, and it still helps me to feel safe when I camp alone. It's a strange thing, but it's like stayed with me. But the other thing about the planning, the other people I was with had been, were from Germany, this couple from Germany and the, um, the woman was collecting all these rocks out as on walkabout, right. As we were in all these different places. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes we'd be together and sometimes we'd be alone and then come back together and process. And we had all these different, um, she had a whole process that we were going through, uh, that was really powerful. And so on the last day, this woman was, uh, sharing that she realized that she had to let go and like drop these rocks. So we were going on another walk all together. And along the way, she was like dropping rocks. And the whole time I'm watching, like I'm walking behind her and Glenna had mentioned something related to like um, drums or a music thing. And I have to tell you, this is so ridiculous. I'm sort of embarrassed to say it on here. No, don't be embarrassed. Um, <laughs> wait till I say it. So one of my like biggest fears, which is ridiculous, is to be invited into a drum circle. Like <laughs> it's so silly. It's not even... silly. If that if that I'm just not I'm not very rhythmic. I love to dance, but I don't I, I am not good at keeping a beat because I've been in drum circles and <laughs> I've never been in a drum circle. Oh, I've never been in like a drum circle. Like when I was teaching in, or like doing different work with kids and leadership and there's often like these experiences in camp settings or you know, other leadership kind of things where you have drums and whatever. And I, I am always really hoping I can, I can start with the most simple beat and just focus on that. Cause I start hearing other people's beats <laughs> and then I do, I don't know. I'm you just go, not, you walk to the beat of your own drummer. Uh, yes. Thanks, you, you, thanks. Yeah. That's a really kind way of saying it. So as um, we're on this walk and I, you know, this woman with the rocks, um, I'm sitting there planning the beat in my head. Okay. About if I'm in a drum oh my circle, gosh, Katie. what the beat is going to be. Okay. Right. I'm planning it. And I'm, that's You're how I'm spending okay. my last little walk with these people. Oh. I am planning in my head, what exact thing I'm going to beat on the drum. If I have to drum circle. Yeah. And then I realized like, this is my rock to drop. Right. Oh. I, I don't need to hold this anymore. No, you don't. This, this need to plan everything. Cause the whole point of this was about presence and showing up and being so present, right? And I am, how often I am planning. Planning. Planning, planning, planning. Planning, planning, So planning. that I am ready. I am prepared. I will have what I need, right? Whether it's financial or otherwise. And I'm not, and then it takes away. Wow, yeah. The joy of the moment. Yes. And it was this awesome realization and awesome visual for me. As what I'm watching her drop rocks right along the way. I think it was 2000. Eight. 2008. Okay. Yeah. It took me a long time to get through school. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at yeah. all. Not at all. I just, I love to, t I do like to timestamp things. So sure. like, so between, I mean, 2004, you went to China. Yep. You went to school in 2008. You're on this walkabout. You're finishing your student teaching. Yeah. I was on, done with student teaching. Uh -huh. And you learn on there. This is your rock to drop. Like the need to plan. So it's been eight years since you graduated high school. You've been planning this whole time. Right. And you've, and everything's gone awry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I almost see it as like you have a map, but you have a blueprint. 
and you have you have something that you are walking on, but like your courses are just you're going in a different course. Like the wind is shifting you in one way. Yeah, I'm just I've just learned a whole bunch about polarities and mapping and polarity thinking. So I, as we're talking, I realize there's a polarity here about the need for preparation and then and flexibility that that it's not one or the that they other. They can coexist. Yes. Okay. That they together. Well, and, and together they're better because if I lose, I I am always a planner. It makes me good at I'm my job. I'm a planner too. Right. It makes me reliable. I'm good with, as a mom. You know. Yeah. There's a lot of good to being a, being prepared and planning, and there's also good to being flexible and present. Maybe it's planning and being present. Maybe those are the two poles. So in polarity thinking, the, this comes out of polarity partnerships and this I like work. This. Of, this is incredible. It's, yeah. So I've just, I'm, I'm pretty um, steeped in it recently. I just Ooh, went through this training. So okay. it feels really relevant and present. And um, so it's this work of Barry Johnson okay, um, with polarity partnerships and and the idea of poles or polarity thinking is that they are interdependent pairs. So they sort of like breathing, inhale and exhale. Mm-hmm. Can't have one without the other. They Absolutely. need each other. They need each other. And if you have too much of one at the um, expense of the other or mm-hmm. the neglect of the other, then you're yeah. going to end up on the downside of that one. Yep. So, um, so I think that's also present here in this conversation about the preparedness and being Katie. present. Like, yeah. I think they're both really valuable. And I think I've been thinking about it like one or the other. And so thanks for this. This was, oh my gosh, anytime. Really enlightening. <laughs> I feel like very enlightened. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot because I, I think one of the biggest takeaways I'm, I'm listening to is that, I don't know, I think in life, sometimes we all can start out with this like incredible idea of what we want or what we think our life is supposed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the word supposed to be. Right on. You know, supposed to be or should be. I can tell you from experience, my life is not what I thought it was supposed to be, but I am so grateful that it it is unfolding the way that I'm allowing it to unfold. Because mm. I don't like to say how it should be or the way, you know, the, I, I like to stay away from things like, I like to stay away from words like saying like the way God intended it to be. That That takes away free will, right? But how I'm allowing it to unfold. Like, what am I allowing into my life? So that's what I'm learning about you too, is that you did, you had all these like incredible plans but that every step along the way, it was almost like a dot was connecting, you know, like you had no idea you would stay at Caribou for that long. No. And then you met John who inspired you to go into work that I, I you, I would, would you consider that you're still in that line of work? Yeah, absolutely. That is yeah. okay. Now, I mean, I'm not teaching, I'm on the nonprofit side, but I'm still supporting and now I'm coaching and training and developing. So you, how long did you teach for? 12 years. And then how, when did you make the transition from teaching to managing or? I was a principal for a year before getting into this executive director role that I'm That's in incredible. now. And you're great at oh, it. I've seen you in, in person, in firsthand, the work you are doing. Can I sure. name? Um, okay. So the work, the line of work that you are in, actually, I'd actually prefer you to explain it because it's so incredible. I do tell people about it. Yeah. It's a nonprofit and doing outdoor behavioral health care. So the it's called adventure works and adventure therapy is a method of delivering therapy where kids and families, instead of just sitting in an office, talking to a therapist, they get outside and do some kind of interactive activity with nature, with others. And then the therapist designs these intentional activities in order to help the youth or the families with whatever it is that they're going through. That's incredible, Katie. 
Also, it is, too, it's learning so, what they're you, inspiring. I love watching and hearing about the work the therapists are doing. It's awesome. Well, it's so hands-on. Yeah, and it's it's like, you know, families and parents that talk about, oh, I just, that nothing was working. Yeah. And now my kid is able to talk in school or, you know, is, you know, able to cope with a bully or, you know, things like that, that are really hard, that yeah. they find a way to help support them through these, you know, unconventional ways of doing therapy. And yes, like my whole life has been, you know, in this sort of similar vein, right? Like I love to be outside. I see parallels and I yes. metaphors. So much of what the therapists do is draw metaphors with um, the, the experience. Like I was talking about with dropping the rocks, yep. right? Like that's a metaphor for like me, right? Like needing to drop this need to plan every single part of my life. Um, and that's what the therapists do for the kids to help them see better what it is that they might not have seen otherwise, you know, just through. Oh, absolutely. Well, you said unconventional. Yeah. So I would, would you think that your path has been unconventional? Oh yeah. Well, so that's like, <laughs> I would say this because then I have a couple questions I want to oh, ask sure. you, but like, so for, for your, from your path, so now you're 40 and this all started when you were 17, 18. So like yes. 23 years ago. So in the last, which is weird to think, that oh, is, my I know, I still feel like it's 2002, but um, <laughs> I'm like, is it still 2004? Um, would you say in the last 23 years, when you look back now, so when you look back now, if like you feel like you're looking back on a film mm -hmm. um, mm. and you see your life as a film and would you say that because you were open and you paid attention that that has led you to where you are today and it's an unconventional path? Oh, yeah. Yes. And saying yes. You know, did you say that? It's being open. I don't know if I said that, but yeah. And paying attention. Yeah. And then, and then saying, I think walking through the door, right? Because just because the opportunity presents itself, I think that's sometimes what is missed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I felt embarrassed at times in my life because I, I used to say, you know, I, I'm living my life so publicly. I mean, that sounds ridiculous because I'm not oh, on like public Katie, social I, media. That but like, sits so well with me. I understand. Uh, I, 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 that's I understand that so well. Yeah. Like I just feel like I live out loud and my mistakes are very public and everyone sees them. And I just, I fall on my face, and I, you know, but, um, but I also, or, and I also really live my life to the edges and it's a very full life. It is a very full life. And I'm super grateful because, you know, those being able to walk through the door of those opportunities isn't like the easy road. Mm. I um, love hearing that though. I really do. I mean, I think it's important for people, women, I, I'm just going to say women, especially, but for all individuals to know that like, in general, like in life, it's beautiful to have all these things happen, even if they're hard, oh, right? Yeah. Even if they're hard, um, to have um, your book totally be flipped in a way that you didn't <laughs> think it was going to be flipped. Yes. It's, it's thrilling, really. It is thrilling. Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying. I can tell you I've been terrified many times, <laughs> but I've also, it's also really exciting, you know? It's exciting. Well, because it's the unknown. I mean, if we, I mean, if we came here to earth and we knew everything, that's not exciting. I used to always say to my mom, 
Like, what's the what's the what's the point of like knowing what you want to do when you're 22? Why can't you continue to to? Un- I probably did not use the term reinvent yourself, but I <laughs> something along those lines. Like, what's the point? Like, why can't it always shift? Um, that's so very this wise is going to lead Mary. into me. Well, thank you. <laughs> probably not wise at the time, but love are not. I didn't think I was wise at the time, but um, I mean, this is my first question. So, um, what has your story taught you about yourself and about life? And that I think that the answers are within me. Mm-hmm. That's not the answer I was expecting to say. No. No. Well, I will say too, I know when we prepped for this and we talked a little bit about this and then when we do it, it's totally different, right? Yes. But I would assume over the last <laughs> hour, you not, when it's almost like you put your life into a book that must've been different mm-hmm. to hear yourself talk about it. Yes. But you, the answers well, and the things you. that came up, yeah. you know, in this conversation that I wasn't anticipating to talk about. Um, thank you for talking about it. Oh, thanks for the question, the, for this opportunity. What a great experience. Oh, so you were saying that the answers are within. Yes. I love hearing that. Did I answer the full question? Oh yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that's what, that's what's, I mean, Katie, that's, it's so simple, but it's also so powerful because just because we have the answers doesn't always mean we listen to them. You know, we could always, always be seeking outside of ourselves. I do it. Um, I know my mom always tells me, let the answers bubble up. Just, just let it bubble up. I know it's great. It's a great way to think about. I like that. Let the answers bubble up. Um, Okay, the second question is, how does your story inspire you to show up in this world? Mm. To be really present and authentic. Because yeah. those are the times that I've made just really powerful connections and, yeah. and had r- amazing experiences. And then to say yes, the yes and, right? Yeah. All those ways to show up present and authentic and the yes and, I think. Do you ever notice a difference if you don't if you aren't present? Oh yeah. Okay. And you appreciate when you are present. Yes. I think that's like the awe, you know, that's a nod or a nudge to myself to be more present, mm-hmm. noticing that I'm not as oh, present right. as I'd take, like to be. I'm going to take a lot away from this. That was incredible. Um, Katie, thank you so much. I, thank you. This was so, you know, it's funny because I was, I mean, I, I, I was really looking forward to talking with you and interviewing you, but this has been, I almost feel like I learned so much from this, just walking away, like the awe part, especially, um, to pause, you know, mm. and take a minute. Pause. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, That's I know so I, it's so easy to talk about these things. And of course, like I, I read these things and I save things on my Instagram that I find, but I guess putting them into practice. I think that this conversation with you is going to, I'm taking away to put it into practice. Yes. So I pre- I really genuinely appreciate you sharing this because this is a, this is an unconventional story. You know what I mean? This is, but it's so. I love the connection of the dots and the fact that you were brave enough to go with it. That's mm-hmm. what, I mean. That takes it. You may not have known it at the time, but you subconsciously were brave enough to go. And I I, I really want to sit on, and we'll have to just pick this up in another episode. But I really want to sit on the times that you went to China and then you went on your walk about. I feel like those are pretty significant. Yeah. And like I feel like your trip to China is circling back right now with this, but I, I wonder if mm-hmm. the walkabout's going to circle back at any time mm. or if it has, or I don't know. Yeah. And I was just thinking when you were talking about courage, I just had a flashback of how terrified I was on the plane to China. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, 
well, I ended up on Air China because I had to change my flight to Florida. And um, all of the, uh, there was nothing in English. It was all in Mandarin or, you know, and I didn't know how to read any of those. Did you fly direct from Florida to China? Nope. I flew to San Francisco and then to LA and then, then to China. And, um, and I, I just remember thinking, what have I got myself into? I don't know Mm, anyone and I don't know the language and I can't even decipher reading the language. I have, how do I communicate? So anyways, wow. Yeah. But then it turned out to be just That's a beautiful. real fear though. I under, I understand that. But w- w- the people you were on your trip with, they weren't on your flight then. No, they were on this other flight. And, um, and I didn't know the people on my trip either, except the, t- ex- oh, anyone, except I met oh, them all. Actually okay. the teacher, she brought, um, Qigong, the form, Soaring Crane that I practiced from China to the United States. And then she taught other people. So I had a different teacher in Chicago oh, okay. that wasn't even on this. So I knew no one. Katie, that's incredible that I, I really want to acknowledge it like that you you took that chance. Oh my gosh. I didn't just have to tell a story. Oh, you have all the time you in the can, world. You I can love take this. this out after. No, I want to hear it. I, I, I will say this. What I appreciate about this is this been it so organic. Yeah. Like, it's so organic. So please. <laughs> well, the I airplane. I love it so much. Yeah. When I was so afraid, the thing that brought me um, peace was in the realization that everything was going to be totally okay was... Um, I had my period. Oh gosh. Yeah. But I, I didn't plan for that. It was a surprise. And surprise. yes. Um, which I know sounds ridiculous to people that are quite regular, but at this time in my life, I was not. No, no. And, um, I had nothing, nothing on me. Oh, and this no. was a, you know, eight or nine, however many hour flight to China, maybe longer. I may be shorting that. I don't remember how long the flight is. So I, and I knew no one and I was alone and it's the middle of like the night flying. And so I, go to the flight attendant who doesn't speak English. Okay. None of them, no, no one spoke English. No one spoke English. And I did not speak Mandarin and, um, or any of the other languages of China. And I am trying to ex- ask this woman if she has any feminine products. Oh, Katie. Oh my goodness. And um, she's looking at me like trying to understand with yeah. such empathy. And, oh, I'm sure. And I go into the bathroom and I was like in tears, right? Because what are you going to do? And she knocks on the door and she hands me feminine products. She so figured she knew. out exactly. She knew. Yes. Oh. And I, I thought to myself, this, like the, again, the power of human connection yeah. and, yes. and vulnerability and, yes. and then in kindness, kindness, she was so kind to me and, and I was so grateful. And, um, oh, and I then mean. it, 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 it gave me courage yeah. in that moment to think like, I will just, connect with people, right? Well, because There's so many ways to connect with people. I was just going to say that just be, like, um, just because we do not speak the same language, we are all humans and we all feel the same emotions. We have the, like, we can look in each other's eyes and you can, t- you know what I mean? Yes. You, can, you can speak with your eyes. And, exactly. And that's what you did. Yes. You connected in that moment. And it happened several more times oh, in my experience that. over there. Yeah. So it was, oh, I, I just, I loved my experience in China. I loved everyone I met. Yeah. It was. Would you ever want to go back? Yes. I absolutely want to go back. Okay. I can't yeah. wait to hear about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So I just want to thank, first of all, from the bottom of my heart, I really want to thank you for being on today. This oh, has meant so you. much to me. I really, would you like to come back? I'd love to come back. Okay. I don't know that I have anything. Oh, you know, really well, I, and I said this to but... a couple of the women and I want, so all the women I've had on so far, I want, I want this to be true. I'd like to do a round table of women. <gasps> Fun. So, and I'd love for you to come oh, back. Oh my goodness. On. And I'd love to meet the other women who've oh, been on. Yes. 
Everyone's got a story, Katie. Yes. And, that's and I've I love. enjoyed hearing all of them. And here's what I'm going to take from this too, is that our, everyone's story has been so different, but it's connected in some way, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's, it'll be interesting to see, like, after I've done like 10 episodes to go back and look at the themes of what has happened. But um, thank you so much for being on. Thanks it means so me. much to me. Um, and I just want to thank everyone for listening today. And I hope that the stories that Katie shared help you feel supported, seen and heard. If you have a story to share, please submit to I'm so glad you asked podcast at gmail.com. And if you're on Instagram, please follow us at I'm so glad you asked podcast. I'm so glad you asked is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. This episode of I'm So Glad You Asked was edited by Josh Finfrock.